the number one competition when we go to market today has been status quo, the archaic process of manually spending six to eight hours a day emailing, parsing, and reporting on POs and changes to POs. That really is just a significant breakdown in operational efficiency. This is the ERP Organizational Change Journal podcast, brought to you by Nestle & Associates, a Newport Beach, California-based ERP organizational change management firm serving the private equity industry. The ERP OCJ seeks to share expertise, insight, experience, and research, and to create effective conversation to help guide ERP organizational change to real, measurable, and verified success. And now, here's your ERP expert and host, the founder of Nestle & Associates, Dr. Jack Nestle. Hello everyone, Jack here. In today's episode, we dive into the world of supply chain management, exploring its challenges and opportunities, and how technological innovations like SourceStay software are revolutionizing the space. We'll discuss how stakeholders can leverage these advancements for greater profitability and efficiency. Stay with us to understand the landscape of supplier collaboration and get a glimpse of what the future holds in this sector. Joining us today from Austin, Texas, is an influential figure in the world of supply chain and procurement, Tom Kylie. Tom is the CEO and co-founder of SourceDay. With his extensive experience in product management, operations, and supply chain management, Tom has been instrumental in driving SourceDay's vision and success. His ability to recruit top talent, convey company goals, and execute strategies effectively makes him a vital asset to the industry. Tom, it's great to have you on the show today. Uh, great to be here, and I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, very happy you're here and really looking forward to sharing out some of your insight here. But before we jump into our discussion, Tom, uh, I'd love to hear more about your journey. Can you share with our listeners your background and experience uh, in the field? Yeah, I would, would love to. And it's a long story. I'll keep it brief. My background was supply chain engineering, logistics, and business degree at Texas A&M um, and, and worked for several years at Dell out of college in the manufacturing realm on the shop floor. So experiencing firsthand uh, what excellence in supply chain manufacturing looks like with Dell and, and all of the accomplishments that they've had and was fortunate to get to be a part of that team and, and really learn very early on. Uh, also managing a small team, uh, got to learn a lot about people management and, and building and growing and leading a team at a very early age in my career. Um, fast forward, I got into software and B2B technology and started my first company as an entrepreneur solo founder that I bootstrapped in 2008. Uh, not knowing really much about software and how to build a company. I learned a lot and failed a lot and really had a, a great journey, but a great love for building and creating and solving real world problems. Getting to the end of it, I met my co-founder, Clint McCree, who uh, launched Source Day with me in 2015. He having a background in manufacturing from running a electronic component manufacturer in Austin for 10 years and really having uh, early visions of, of what SourceDay evolved into over many years to come. Well, thank you, Tom, for that introduction. Uh, your experience and leadership in the supply chain and procurement world are exactly why we're excited to have you with us today. In your approach to innovation, team building, and strategic execution offer invaluable insights to our listeners, uh, to be sure. Uh, so we're truly honored to have you join us today. Listeners, stay tuned as we uncover lessons learned, best practices, and explore the human elements in ERP organizational change. Remember, the real value comes when you apply what you learn. 
So let's dive in. So Tom, I'd have a couple of questions here, and this is along the lines of what we would call unified supplier collaboration. Can you shed light on SourceDay's approach to this and its significance for manufacturers? Absolutely. And to be quite honest, unified supplier collaboration is something that uh, we made up as a leadership team here at SourceDay last year as we were really relaunching uh, what I've called internally SourceDay 2.0. And it's really our next iteration of innovation and uh, really listening to our customers over the last seven years and understanding how we can be even better at driving excellence and change management to to really make them more competitive uh, as it comes to supply chain and delivering their products to their customers. So unified supplier collaboration may mean nothing to most people, but we're going to make it mean something in in our industry over time, (laughs) which is not an easy task. But the approach that we take is significant in that all manufacturers have really significant challenges. There's There's been many quotes from manufacturing leaders and saying how difficult manufacturing actually is. And some saying that, you know, establishing and building and creating a product may be the easiest part. And then actually creating repeatable, cost-efficient manufacturing processes is really where the challenge comes in. And part of those challenges are that they rely on suppliers that are outside of their four walls. Uh, for on-time, in-full delivery of parts, just as an example. All manufacturers have a capacity maximum, right? You can run machines you know, at a maximum of 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you can work as many shifts as you have people, but you, you may have downtime with breakage of machines and equipment or people, uh, environmental, other factors. Uh, but the most common factor is generally just a missing component, whether it's a strategic critical part or a commodity that just didn't show up when your systems and ERP and demand inventory projected it to be there. And our significant approach and importance to manufacturers is we give them greater automation, collaboration, and visibility with their suppliers across 100% of their components to ensure they know what parts down to a penny screw or nut or bolt uh, are going to impact their business before it happens. Interesting. Well, a couple of follow-up questions for you on that, Tom. How exactly does Source Day ensure 100% PO delivery while maintaining supplier flexibility? How do you do that just kind of strategically or functionally within your product? Great question. And this is a kind of culmination of what I mentioned earlier of you know, seven years of uh, hundreds of customers and tens of thousands of suppliers in our network uh, supplying to our customers the components. And last year, as we went to go build our product roadmap and strategy, uh, we spoke to our customers, as I mentioned, and learned that even with Source Day, pre-unified supplier collaboration, or what I call Source Day 2.0, there were always some subset of suppliers that would refuse to use what is better known as a portal, which Source Day can sometimes be dubbed. And the adoption of portals is for us was pretty high. We were able to get anywhere from 50 to 100% of suppliers for our customers to adopt and log in and use the platform. And that created a problem for the buyers that, that use and pay for Source Day, where they still had to live outside of Source Day for some subset of their suppliers. And for us, as an organization striving for excellence and giving our customers a single process and really the ultimate ROI in, in what they're paying for our platform, we needed to give them a single process to, to automate the tactical day-to-day activities that buyers have to do and eliminate their ability to do strategic activities because of that. 
So we have now been, uh, due to our tight integrations with the ERPs and the demand engines that really generate the purchase order demand for their direct material components that keep their operations, shop floor production running at full capacity, we've now integrated so deeply that we are able to give 100% PO automation delivery across all of their new POs, changes to purchase orders, which are critical. They can mean expedites to, to PO lines and parts, pushouts and cancellations that impact cash flow and working capital, or other changes on part numbers, revisions, and otherwise. Those changes are where buyers spend most of their time manually running reports, manually parsing them, and manually emailing and chasing suppliers down. We fully automate that through the life cycle of a purchase order with confidence that a buyer can now see a supplier has opened the PO, has downloaded the PO, has taken action to the PO, and really not even requiring a supplier to log into source day or even create an account. Well, interesting. Tom, the answer to this next question may be a bit self-evident, but I'd like you to provide your, your answer to our listeners, if you would. But what would you say, why is real-time collaboration between buyers and suppliers critical for direct material PO changes? It's, as you mentioned, right, it's pretty evident. But the reality is, as I mentioned, a, a penny part or what they call the golden screw scenario can eliminate <laughs> and stop right. your production dead in its track, right? Yeah. You can buy all the automation systems in the world, the ERPs, source days, and all the technology for logistics, last mile freight visibility, TMS, planning, demand, uh, anything you can imagine. You can buy all the systems and tools in the world. But if you don't have real-time visibility and collaboration with automation so that not even a human can accidentally forget to send an update or accept it, a change from a supplier uh, gets missed, You know th that collaboration is the most critical component to ensure your suppliers have an opportunity or a chance to even meet your demand. Many times, a buyer will forget to send the PO when they get it, and now your lead time is shrinking. Or they forget to send a change to an expedite, the lead time is shrinking. Or they forget to accept or reject and collaborate on a proposed change from a supplier. All of those changes are shrinking your ability to meet the demand uh, driven by your ERP, which drives production. So critical collaboration among all parts, not just critical parts, but every part is a requirement to have maximum capacity as a manufacturer. Yeah, uh, great answer, great insight. Um, and Tom, I want to circle back to uh, what you mentioned earlier about integration and the, this idea of the portal. And I know SourceDay integrates well with many ERPs, but how does SourceDay adapt to the various supplier interaction methods for seamless communication? Can you dig a little bit deeper for our listeners into what exactly does that mean? What does that look like? How do you ensure that seamless communication? Yes, this is critical to our customer success. And as I mentioned, Previously, SourceDay required suppliers to create an account, log in. In some cases, you know, we, we would have to train them for customers that, that had questions or support issues. That was very rare, um, but it still was an extra step for a supplier. So our goal and what we accomplish now gives suppliers a seamless platform that doesn't require training, doesn't require account creation, doesn't require them to really even step outside of their normal course of business, to your point. And so seamless communication for them may mean I'm a supplier that gets one or two POs from this customer 
per quarter or per month or per year. And I really don't want to adopt a new technology, but I do want to give my customer the needed feedback on delivery and, and changes or misses there might be. So a customer supplier can now just simply respond to the email we capture have natural language recognition and, and are able to put those supplier responses in front of the customer in a single platform so that they can then accept or reject the changes as if it was already done for them. In addition to that, again, a supplier doesn't have to create an account. A supplier can simply select acknowledge or propose change from the emails we send that allows them in a seamless user interface portal from a web page to quickly and easily propose a date change, a split line, a price change. These really allow a supplier to not have to have any training, not really change much, but give a quick proactive response to a customer. Our usual bulk import of data from suppliers that have more volume, more capacity, more technological advancements, they can push data into our platform. They can also pull very sophisticated reporting and analytics and predictive data as a user that logs into our platform. And most recently, uh, we're announcing this month in January of 2024, a partnership with SPS Commerce that will allow the largest suppliers or suppliers that are already EDI enabled to integrate to our platform on the supplier side and fully automate order processing, acknowledgement changes, all the way through to shipment and invoicing. Yeah, that's pretty cool, Tom. Uh, how exciting. And Tom, that being said, I'd like to look further at the immediate benefits of, quote, United Supplier Collaboration. So what tangible results like accurate ERP data and on-time deliveries uh, can manufacturers expect? Can you provide some more examples of the end game, uh, so to speak, with this uh, unified supplier collaboration? Absolutely. And it's, it's the most critical component to you know investing in any new technology and really understanding the value to the business. So for us, we put a huge emphasis on how we impact and, and drive success for our customers. And it really starts with capacity, as I mentioned earlier. Most all manufacturers or distributors alike understand what is their maximum capacity or throughput. For manufacturers, that's obviously limited by the machining and tooling and, and human capital, but it's also, as I said, limited by on-time and full parts. When your demand engine out of your ERP or otherwise is creating demand based on sales forecasts and sales demand, uh, it requires those parts to show up at a time and schedule and quantity for you to continuously meet business continuity of capacity of your operations. Uh, most organizations will just simply increase their minimum stock on parts that they know are problems or that suppliers are frequently late on or that there's just a perceived gap continuously. Most of those gaps are generally yeah. just through lack of operations and automation and visibility between your buyers and your suppliers. And it's really, again, commodities all the way through to strategic components. And so our immediate impact to the business is getting as close to 100% capacity through on-time in full delivery of components as possible. Many of our customers have seen upwards of 97% on-time in full delivery from all mm. of their suppliers after adopting Source Day, which means you know 3% of the time they may have some missing components, but they at least now have advanced visibility in their demand engine and ERP where they plan production and scheduling, that sure. that is going to be an impact and they can take proactive action. Other pieces to this are really 
again, the tactical activities that buyers do day in and day out. So yeah. our customers have also told us they received upwards of 80% efficiency improvement, which saves wow. them the tactical time to really be strategic. Now buyers can focus on things that you need them to focus on, which is supplier lead time changes by looking at our data that we give them through all the transactions we process, mm-hmm. making lead times more dynamic rather than static, which most listeners are probably well aware How often do you actually adjust and update your lead times, which drastically impacts your performance on the operations? Price part variance. So looking at pricing in aggregate across our database and our network of 80,000 suppliers to know, are we in a good price point or a disadvantage? And can we go have a more strategic conversation because of our volume or because of uh, recent changes in the industry? And then additionally, just looking at quality, right? You can get more specific and granular with your suppliers on quality. So all of these strategic conversations that need to happen that generally fall by the wayside because buyers are spending most of their time tactically chasing suppliers for updates and misses and expedites. Yeah. Well, Tom, you'd mentioned just a couple of minutes ago, uh, inventory. And so I'd like to dig a little bit deeper with, with a real and common organizational opportunity. And that is, how does source day's system impact manufacturers financially, especially regarding like uh, the idea you mentioned previously, like buffer stock and, and cash flow? Can you share some additional color there with our listeners? Yes. And and a very big impact that we hear from customers regularly is the the minimum stock. Quite often, demand will overbuy. Minimum stock levels are set at an unnecessarily higher level just Mm -hmm. simply to overcome misses or gaps in production due to a, a supplier miss or a buyer lead time issue. You know, those can immediately impact cash flow and operations. You also have to have more warehousing space to store and house inventory. Depending on your inventory, it could have a shelf life. Uh, Parts can become obsolete. Now you have to scrap or resell uh, stock out back into the market. Uh, More inefficient time wasted. So there's a significant amount of waste and inefficiencies when you're overbuying inventory to overcome whatever the gap may be in, in having a higher on-time and full delivery, which, which can really enable more just-in-time manufacturing. Parts come in, they almost immediately go into the production line and, and get consumed. Um, that's a perfect world, which we don't operate in. But with Source Day, you know, manufacturers and, and organizations can have greater visibility and confidence that what's going to happen is actually accurate in the ERP system versus having to dig through emails and Excel sheets and and human conversations. Uh, We can have confidence in data quality. Other components are really human capital efficiency. Again, 80% efficiency in, in human capital equates to, you know, unfortunately being able to reallocate resources, reduce resources, or just give them generally time back to be more strategic which are the things that they've been hired to do. And then really lastly, one of the things that we hear most often is our customers nearly never expedite overnight or hero freight, which has a high excess cost to getting parts on time. Wow. So, so Tom, let me ask you this. Uh, reflecting on Source Day's success and growth and, and recent achievements, what are your thoughts on, on its evolution and growth prospects for Source Day specifically? Yeah, we've been we've been incredibly fortunate, and I've been incredibly fortunate um, to to have an amazing team around me and in, in the business. And Source Day is is really a massive team effort. We have over a hundred team members, primarily based in North America, 
and uh, have been really blessed to have an incredible leadership team with deep experience in and around supply chain. I think what makes us unique and more successful in delivering this complicated and complex solution in a very simple way to our customers is hiring people from industry that understand the complexities of manufacturing and supply chain and logistics and last mile and and sourcing all of those uh, components that are very challenging. Uh, We wouldn't be able to be as successful if it weren't for our backgrounds and actually coming from industry, seeing firsthand and experiencing the problems uh, has really enabled us to really accelerate our innovation, our value to customers and really building what matters We've not always been perfect. You know, we've built you know solutions throughout the years that weren't the best or you know our proudest moments. But continually hiring and, and improving the the people behind our product and innovation uh, from industry has has made made it much more uh, successful in delivering value to our customers at a much quicker time. Yeah, and you know, so given a, a changing world, uh, Tom, you know, the, a changing world dynamics and and all the technology, technological advancements, uh, I would like to ask you some questions around the future of supply chain technology in general. So, with your extensive experience in supply chain, where do you see the industry heading in general? Any thoughts there? Do you see any trends? Um, just any thoughts whatsoever on where we're headed as an industry with supply chain? Yeah, I hate to bandwagon or, or sound like you know the rest of the world, but uh, you know AI is obviously yeah. <laughs> one of the most talked about technological advances, right? Yeah. And, and it's really not just AI. AI and ML have been around for decades, right? Mm-hmm. At varying levels and use cases. Um, I'd like to say when blockchain became a big thing and organizations around supply chain were trying to jump in and say that you needed blockchain, we didn't get distracted by that. We kind of kept to our guns and said there wasn't a great use case for our industry, at least in, in our transformation and operations and value we create for blockchain. I wholeheartedly agree that for generative AI and, and machine learning, uh, there are deep value creation opportunities for customers in the industry. And we're looking at incredible amounts of data. Uh, we process roughly $28 billion a year of purchase order spend, um, mm-hmm. again, across about 80,000 suppliers and hundreds of customers. So we see a significant high transaction volume of part line releases, deliveries, shipments, uh, demand and changes in demand, and then also human behavior around the demand where we can start to predict supplier performance, buyer performance, lead time changes, price part changes, uh, all kinds of opportunities to really automate deeper what a human would do versus actually having a human do it in terms of change management or exception handling. So with the significant volume of data that we have, we have invested in a data science team that is trained in supply chain data and very deep. Again, as I mentioned, hiring people from the industry that understand the data that we have and are able to innovate around that. So the obvious and biggest answer would be automation and, and really advancements in driving deeper AI and analytics and, and really furthering the, the ability for organizations to be leaner and more efficient around their supply chain with confidence of data quality. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, like you said, it it is amazing where just in the software industry in general, AI, blockchain, machine learning is huge, and where this is going to go is really fascinating. And it'll be interesting, but certainly, as you've mentioned, this idea of prediction and exception handling, I think, will have a huge spot 
in in the software industry, especially you know with your product and and with ERP systems. Uh, I think it's going to be a uh, very interesting ride, shall we say, over the next few years. But Tom, uh, technology aside, would you say there are any other industry trends or changes, you know, in the way that the organizations do business or or anything like that? You but you may not have an answer. The answer may be there is none. Or is the industry, the supply chain industry in general, is is all the changes strictly driven by technology? You know, again, the AI, the blockchain stuff, machine learning, and so forth. Or are there any other trends that you see just because of the given world dynamics that are impacting supply chain and, and strategy? Yeah, no, it's a it's a great question. And you know, outside of what I mentioned around the technology advancements, I think there will continue to be a need to to really have more optionality in your supply. Organizations, you know, for the most part, have often really dependent too much on just single source parts and uh, yeah. single suppliers. And in some cases, they may have a B supplier for some components. But I think with nearshoring and reshoring of a lot of supply, we're going to see uh, a significant amount of opportunity to really add more optionality to suppliers throughout their supply chain. And you can't do that easily without technology. So if you're going to add you know, twice as many or even three times as many suppliers to give yourself uh, supplier B, supplier C on parts and components across all of your components, not just commodities, but even strategic custom components and critical components. You can't just on a whim push demand from one supplier to the next yeah. um, very easily without being able to track and automate and and really have workflows around that that can keep paths not crossed between supplier A and B. So, you know, I think there's going to be a significant amount of optionality in supply and, and, and even a growing competitiveness in price and lead times through technology like Source Day that will enable greater advancements in, in optionality and who you buy from and who becomes strategic supplier A and B. And then allowing that to happen in an automated fashion as demand is changing, as suppliers' ability to meet demand is changing, and as price changes are, are happening fluidly. That can't be done in Excel. It can't be done in email. It really can't be done with human capital at a very uh, high velocity. So I think you know that reshoring and nearshoring and optionality of competitiveness and suppliers is going to require further technology adoption, I think. You know, the supply chain tech industry obviously had an incredible boom during the COVID years. And there's a lot of noise in the ecosystem. And I think you're going to see some consolidation. I think supplier risk, supplier sourcing, last mile TMS, and even demand planning, I think you will hope to start to see some consolidation of technology to reduce the confusion and noise in the industry for the businesses to consume and prioritize project prioritization budget otherwise to, to really make the, the best impact to their business on technology advancements. Good points, Tom. I appreciate it. Thank you. And and perhaps to your point, you know, sourcing was a major lesson learned due to COVID, right, for many organizations. And, right. you know, as you'd mentioned, this idea of sourcing and, and improved supply chain requires improved tech adaption. And I think that's one thing we've seen over the last uh, two, three years is that that reality becoming more of an organizational mission? You know, how do they and Absolutely. how can they adopt uh, technology to help handle such events and also be more proactive going forward? 
Absolutely. And I may add one more thing that you you said kind of sure. popped in I, another comment in my head. And, you know, there's been a, a significant amount of innovation and advancement and, and even competitive technology in and around last mile track and trace and visibility. Those are critical platforms that give visibility to inbound supply once it's been shipped. One of the things that I am always speaking to our customers and prospects about is if it doesn't ship on time, it doesn't matter if you're tracking or tracing it. It's going to be yeah. late, right? Yeah. It's going to impact your business. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of organizations prioritize that last mile, that track and trace visibility and logistics, uh, which is critical. It's not to diminish it. You you have to have visibility to your logistics. But if it doesn't ship on time because of gaps or, or manual processes in the procurement and demand and collaboration with your suppliers, it doesn't matter. It's going to be late if it ships even a day late. Right. There's nothing you can do to impact that. And, and watching it, you know, cross the ocean uh, on your track and trace platform late doesn't solve your problem. So I'd say, you know, advancements and adoption of really fixing the what we kind of called for a while the first mile, which is the procurement process and making that more accurate is really going to be a significant driver of supply chain improvement and, and really better experiences for consumers of, of products. Yeah, absolutely. So Tom, I appreciate your your insight here. And, you know, we were just talking about kind of exploring where you see the industry heading. We talked about the potential technological advancements that can impact supply chain, you know, again, AI, blockchain, machine learning, and so forth. But I'm going to maybe ask, maybe it's the same question, but slightly different. Where then do you envision the next significant breakthrough in this field occurring? Is it the first mile? Do you think that that's where the focus is going to be that's going to drive the most value for organizations? Yeah, I think it, yeah, to your point, maybe I jumped the gun a little there. It's a little bit of that. I think organizations prioritized during COVID, you know, the visibility of freight and logistics and, and in some ways, you know, got caught flat footed with not having sourcing solutions from supplier optionality. And some of those problems have been solved by most organizations that got ahead of it now, uh, or at least caught up. But I think, you know, where the significant breakthrough now, I think in selfishly and in, in blatant plug of source day is, Procure to pay has been a thing for, you know, several decades and Ariba, you know, really leading that frontier and uh, Coupa and others really doing a great job of procure to pay and really managing indirect spend. The challenge is, you know, that indirect spend is critical for many organizations. But if you're a manufacturer, distributor, or, or someone that is shipping a finished physical product, um, direct spend procurement or supply chain procurement collaboration is really kind of the last frontier that we believe is is really going to revolutionize these organizations and make them much more efficient and uh, much more profitable and, and able to deliver much greater product and success to their customers. And it, it really starts with very deep, uh, significant and unique custom workflows specific to direct material components and procurement versus the procure to pay. I think one of the challenges we face as an organization is there's not a category for, you know, direct materials procure to pay, if you will. You know, we're, we're calling it unified supplier collaboration or, you know, direct material collaboration with your supply chain. Uh, the reality is that piece of all manufacturers' businesses is archaic. They're still living in some cases, you'd be shocked to hear, we, we speak with customers that are still faxing to their suppliers. At a minimum, they're living in Excel and PDF, which requires a significant amount of manual work. And the data is stale the moment you send it an email. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, Tom, I have to admit, I love the phrase unified supplier collaboration. Uh, that's great. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. I, I really appreciate it. But before I let you go today, I, I have two more questions for you. Um, one is, can you share with our listeners your biggest differentiator relative to the other, quote, solutions out there? What would you tell our listeners and, and why should they consider Source Day? What's your biggest differentiators versus what the other solutions that you may see out there? Yeah, great question. I appreciate the opportunity. You know, to, to be quite blunt, the number one competition when we go to market today has been status quo, the archaic process of manually spending six to eight hours a day emailing, parsing, and reporting on POs and changes to POs. So I think that really is just a significant breakdown in uh, operational efficiency. The largest takeaway for, for source day and differentiator for us in market is our ability, especially with what we're calling internally source day 2.0, our ability to deliver 100% of the purchase orders with confidence and visibility that it was received, opened, downloaded, executed on to 100% of their suppliers in a single platform without having to leave that process or go into email for any reason yeah. is, is really unparalleled. Um, you're not going to see that level of confidence of delivery and really even breakdown. What happens most often is a supplier contact you work with may disappear overnight and there's a new resource. Source day systems and, and technology immediately picks that up and alerts the buyer. Hey, you, you've got a, a risk here. The, the, the supplier contact is new. Um, so th those types of things that happen in real time, Source day is able to create a, an exception dashboard for those customers that allows them to really focus on what matters and what's going to impact the business and really enables buyers to become heroes of the organization and really deliver excellence to their, their team members and keep up with the ever-growing sales demand that is being created through automation and sales execution. Great answer. I appreciate that. Uh, thanks, Tom. And uh, okay, Tom, my last question to wrap up. Could you summarize our conversation with one key takeaway or golden nugget for all of our listeners? This is one of my favorite questions. So if you distill today's conversation, what would be Tom's words of supply chain wisdom? <laughs> you know, while we have primary users that are in the buyer organization, uh, who are the unsung heroes, in my opinion, of manufacturers that are given very little technology to hero their way through manufacturing difficulties, you know, I'd say what summarizes this golden nugget is don't underestimate the impact of automating that procurement collaboration process in the supply chain that can have on your organization's growth, capital efficiency, cash flow improvements, and really revenue protection, getting to 100% capacity every day through not having missed components or surprise misses or suppliers that are just disconnected from your organization, not being in tune with your real-time demand changes um, can, can really drive uh, significant breakdowns. And, and don't underestimate that. I, I encourage organizations to really prioritize automation in their procurement lifecycle and really give themselves the opportunity to take advantage of the huge capital expenditures they've put in equipment and production and shop floor and human capital uh, by not letting it break down to it due to a five cent component 
Great nugget. Good advice. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> In our conversation with Tom today, we discussed the crucial role of real-time supplier collaboration in modern manufacturing, how SourceStay's integrated software translates into tangible business outcomes, and ERP efficiency and the evolving landscape of supply chain technology and its future directions. Uh, so such a fun conversation. Uh, for our listeners in private equity, M&A, and those curious about tech and supply chain synergy, reflect on Tom's insights to reshape your strategies and operations. Manufacturers and stakeholders consider how technology and collaborations can enhance your processes. Investors think about the ROI potential of advanced supply chain systems in your portfolios. And listeners remember, actionable knowledge drives progress. Until next time, keep innovating and striving for excellence. Tom, thank you again for joining us today. But before I let you go, how can our listeners contact you or SourceDay to learn more about your product? Yeah, uh, definitely go to SourceDay.com. Also, our LinkedIn, SourceDay, as well, email me directly, uh, Tom.K-I-E-L-E-Y at SourceDay.com. And a selfish plug, uh, my co-founder and I also put out a book uh, last year that uh, kind of gives the journey of SourceDay. It's a quick read. I'd be happy to send you one. Just send me an email. Oh, okay. Tom, uh, that's great. And we'll also uh, include a link with that information in our show notes uh, for sure. Well, Tom, thank you again and be well. And, uh, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. You bet. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the ERP OCJ podcast. This podcast is intended as a forum to study, share, and discuss ERP organizational change successes and challenges. We discuss the people, process, and technological components of ERP organizational change by drawing on knowledge from extensive research, collaborative learning, and practitioner expertise and experience. We are incredibly grateful to have friends, colleagues, and mentors join us in our podcast as we seek to promote, connect, and foster relationships in the ERP organizational change community and contribute to its success by bringing research and practice closer together. We want to make sure this is the most useful and insightful ERP podcast you listen to, and we'd love your help in doing so by leaving us feedback and a review. A great place to do so is at Apple Podcasts. Just click on the Listen in Apple Podcasts link, then click Ratings and Reviews, and let us know your thoughts. You can get more info about the show, including show notes and episode highlights for this and all of our episodes by visiting nestleandassociates.com and clicking the podcast option. Please join us again next week as we discuss the latest ERP organizational change research, practice, and stories. And don't forget to follow us on social media, hashtag the ERPOCJ. Thanks again for listening. Have a fantastic week.